everyone. Welcome to Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, the podcast that defines today's dad. I'm Anthony Palmer. I'm Michael Smith. And you know, Palmer, as of today's dad, we endlessly try to come up with bad dad jokes. And on episode 27, I'm kind of shooting blanks. So insert, (laughs) insert funny dad joke. It happens. It happens to the best of us, buddy. Don't don't beat yourself up too much. <laughs> and if we're all if we're all honest with with each other, um, it's just as funny as no joke at all. It basically, is the same thing because <laughs> they're they're all pretty bad. They're all horrible. I love they're, you. They're I appreciate bad. the effort. It's good. It's a nice thank you. It's a nice soft touch to start the show. <laughs> thank you. And, and sometimes, as a today's dad, when you miss, you're the bigger man when you acknowledge it. This is true. And, ca- and call it out and try to work work through it. So this is me working through it. <laughs> Well, man, on this week's show, we have Doug French. Um, this is a fun a fun episode, a little bit of a different one for us this week. Um, Doug is a, is a writer, a speaker, and a, uh, a single dad who um, is in the, in the dad blogging space. Um, he, started, he started out way before us. He started out in 2003 um, with his first blog, uh, can can and, we wrap our minds around that blogging in 2003 that was like at the the pinnacle chapter 1 where blogging was just in the blog world period ramping yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so that would, uh, he he hit that space nicely yeah yeah it was very very cool talking with somebody who's been in it that long but um where Doug is now he is the founder or co-founder excuse me of the dad 2.0 summit um so that was cool that was fun yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to correct you because he's a co-founder of Dad 2.0. They went through a, a rebranding. Um, right. So so more more than just a summit. They, they are very much in the dad space. They are support uh, writing blogs. They are a, a very pretty major platform for the dad space. And then they also host a summit in D.C. at the end of February uh, coming up. Yeah, so it uh, the dates for this coming summit are February 27th through the 29th. We talk about it in the episode a little bit, but, um, the summit is a basically an annual conference for marketers and social media leaders and blogging parents to be able to connect, um, and kind of discuss and talk about the changing voices and perception of modern fatherhood. So, um, sounds like we should be there. Yeah. As today's dads, it makes sense to be there. We should be there. Yeah. So actually it's a, a, we were very honored. Doug, uh, reached out to us and asked us to be on the podcast panel at the summit. So we're really excited about being up there. Uh, and even more than that, we have a special discount code for our listeners. Yep. 20% off the price of the, uh, the price of the summit. If you use the code wake 20, that's W a K E and the number 20. Um, and you can join us in DC February 27th through the 29th and, uh, check it out. We are really looking forward to be there and, and hope to see some of you guys there. I would love to share bourbon with any of our listeners. That would be so fantastic. Um, And uh, just because details matter, Wake 20, that is all one word. That is lowercase all the way. And as always, um, all details will be in the show notes and our episode page on our website at wakedaddrinkandbeat.com. So check it out and uh, hope to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to get into this because we had a great conversation with Doug and I uh, want to let you guys be able to hear it. But before we do, as always, please remember to hop on Apple Podcasts and rank this podcast, share it with your friends, get on Facebook and Instagram and uh, help us continue to grow the brand. 
you started to take like a southern twang. Uh, we twang. honestly a twang. We um, as always appreciate the feedback. Please let us know what you think, and let's make this show um, as big of a community and big as a voice as we can. And um, we're excited to take part in all of it. So Palmer, yeah, buddy, what are you sipping on? I, I'm drinking a little. I'm, I went beer, which is not the usual for uh, really for for this show. Yeah, I'm working on a Lagunitas daytime because okay, it's middle of the day on a Saturday and it tastes good. No joke, man. That's fantastic. As as I don't know if I'm shamefully saying this. I am shamefully saying this. But uh, being in Asheville, North Carolina, we are known for like brewery beer city, um, yep. and our and our craft beer that we have here. But you know what, Lagunitas, like top two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, is. everything they crank out, man, is just gold. It's very good. It's, it's good stuff for for not big beer drinkers. It's uh-huh. it's one of the ones that I I can easily turn to. Yep, absolutely, man. Um, and I, I'm on my um, my trusty rusty day drink <laughs> of my my seltzer water and my uh, gin and my lime. So uh, that, that's what we've been on this weekend. Good for you guys. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, without any further ado, we will let you guys hear our conversation with Doug. Yeah, guys, enjoy it. All right. Well, we are joined by Doug French. Doug is the uh, co-founder of the Dad 2.0 Summit and is a dad to two. Doug, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, guys. What is happening down by you? Down by us. And uh, keep talking just so our listeners can hear your 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 bolstery voice. <laughs> just throw well, us a couple sentences. <laughs> Uh, coming to you live from the frozen tundra of Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, right there at the base of the thumb of America's high five. Uh, see, it's so gentle. It's so warming. Thank you, uh, Doug, man. Uh, thank, thanks for joining us this evening. We, we truly appreciate it. Well, I'm just, uh, hopefully I can just be the red zinger tea that you can all just settle in. Oh, and indeed. Perhaps Indeed. peruse a fine volume of Emily Dickinson poems. <laughs> the problem with our show is it, it comes out on Monday morning. So, you know, when this when this comes out, people are going to be sitting back like in their car on the way to work and be like, mm, no, I'm not working today. I'm just going to listen to Doug's voice. That's right. That's right. Productivity this is done. This is common sense speaking saying, turn around. Really? <laughs> well, Doug, we want to get into uh, what the Dad 2.0 Summit is and your story a little bit. But before we do, uh, Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, we are the podcast that defines today's dad. So we like to start off by asking all of our guests to give us their definition of a today's dad. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a... Um... That's an interesting question. In fact, I, I, I mentioned my, my <laughs> I 18-year-old. I have no idea. No, well, I mean, I think the the the, the golden thread behind any kind of, of modern father is, uh, I think, encapsulated by one of our, our porch light posts, um, which for the uninitiated is just uh, every week in our Fatherhood on Friday newsletter, which we send out in newsletter form and appears on our blog. And uh, last week was actually an interesting point because for the first time uh, we chose five posts that were not written in the traditional sense. They didn't appear on blogs. We had uh, one YouTube video, one podcast and three Instagram posts mm-hmm. um, just to emphasize the idea that content about fatherhood is everywhere. And Ever to evolving. be a modern father means number one, if you are, you know, working online, creating any kind of online content, you're working in any number of media, uh, either visual or textual. I mean, I cut my teeth, with words. I love words. I'm never going to throw in the towel on words. Um, but when you think about it, it's, you know, putting a picture on a blog post isn't all that different from 
adding a long caption to an Instagram picture. So, sure. Uh, yeah. And this guy wrote, he had a little, as a blog post or a, an Instagram post about how his daughter uh, is like five or six now. And he was noticing that whenever something happened, she was always, you know, just crying out for mom. She always wanted mom at night. She wanted mom when something happened. Uh, there was just that level of distance that he was feeling in his family. And I think that's something that a lot of dads at some point or another um, rely uh, 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 determine experience rather. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can edit that out when I stammer like a moron. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll do plenty of stammering. It's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stammering is my forte when you think about it. <laughs> uh, but at least if you can do it with a mellifluous baritone, it, you can mask it a little bit. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, but he was saying, he said, you know, this is frustrating now because it's not her fault that she just sees more, um, value in, in wanting her mother all the time. And, uh, as, as again, you know, dads watch their children emerge, uh, and there's that bond that a child has with their birth mother that a dad can never approach. But he said, no matter what, this told me that I have to keep showing up. No matter what, it's not my job to judge situations. It's not my job at this point. She's only six. You know, I don't want to show my frustration about this right now. I mean, there'll be time for that when the kids are older and you can be genuine about your, you know, what you're concerned about and what you're upset about and what you're happy sure. about. And you can model that level of, you know, some kind of balanced behavior for your kids. But she's six. What does she know? So <laughs> I got to I gotta swallow it. I got to just keep showing up and recognize at some point, she'll be happy I'm there. So I think modern fatherhood st just starts from the idea of committing, of, of going all in and recognizing that come what may, I'm, I'm here for it all. I'm here for the joy. I'm here for the pratfalls. I'm here for the tragedy. And I'm here to navigate all of them. And I'm here to be a part of a larger community that helps me navigate all this because of the well of shared experience that all these online dads have. And that's just kind of the great thing about, you know, becoming a dad now. You think about all the resources that modern dads have that, that uh, you know, older gentlemen like myself, uh, we, we had nothing. We had one book. Yeah. We, had, we had Armin yeah. Brat's book, which was a great book. But, um, <laughs> but still one. Yeah, just the one book. You may have seen it. It's the one that's like the, and he's wearing an Oxford shirt uh, with a uh, plastic car key sticking out of the, yep, the, yep, the, the uh, yep. breast pocket. Yeah, okay, which again, yeah. you know, evokes a very particular image that is, you know, not very inclusive to the dad experience. I'm going to wear an Oxford shirt and head off to my job. Yep. Well, uh, well, you can't see it right now, but that's spot on what I'm wearing. Right. But I, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't mean everybody wears that. And I think <laughs> recognizing the spectrum of dad stories yeah, uh, is another part of that modern fatherhood, recognizing yeah. that for, for every story that you, you know, that you may uh, recognize as something you relate to. There are 30 that are completely alien and, uh, and there's room for all of them. Yeah. It's a good thing, right? I think that's something we tell each other every day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just, that's how we market life to ourselves. It, it's a good thing, right? That's good. Right. Yeah, That's good. <laughs> I'm Please fine. Tell me Everything's okay. Hear. Yes. Everything's tell me great. Good. Yes. <laughs> this is positive. Doug, man, uh, uh, like stellar. I'm evolving as a person. I'm, I'm evolved. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I, we, we've had a lot of today's dad definitions on the show. Yours is yours probably grasp the most perspective from a large scope that uh, we've been given. And it's a, it's a treat to hear. It really is. Um, it, it has tenure and longevity to the definition. It's pretty good. Um, I like it. <laughs> It'll age well, I hope. 
It does. It does. It does it really does. well. So you've been you've been in this call it dad space for for a very long time where we're new to the game. This is episode 27 for us. I think you're more than uh, 27 in the game, but um, <laughs> how talk, talk to us about kind of your, your beginning chapter of what brought you into this, to the dad space. I Not biologically. More diapers than you've had. Yeah, on dinner. Yeah, right. So that's <laughs> just quantity, just quantity of diapers. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, diapers is the horseshit. You think that diapers is the hardest part of fatherhood? That's nothing. <laughs> Screw oh, you. God, that's nothing. nothing. That's exactly. Nothing. Um, well, uh, my uh, my older son was born um, in uh, 2002. Uh, he was in utero during 9-11. And uh, that was an experience. Yeah. Uh, we were we were yeah. living in New York at the time. And, oh, hell. Uh, yeah, in fact, we've there was a lot of discussion about um, at the time, uh, what's, what the, what the level of stress that all the moms who were pregnant during that experience, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. How, how much of that would get, you know, the child would kind of Effect. Uh, subconsciously, uh, absorb. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I gotta say Robert's turned out all right so far. He's about to turn 18. <laughs> good job, Robert. And, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very proud of him. I'm, he's, he's making really good choices. He has a strong sense of self and, uh, and a good head on his shoulders, and I'm I, I'm very fortunate that I can tell him I'm proud of it and mean it. I'm proud of him and mean it. Yeah. Uh, and um, but I yeah I got to, I got to blogging. I was uh, working as a um, as an editorial director at uh, Citigroup, and um, and I got laid off. It was a very turbulent time um, in the uh, as at the turn of the millennium. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got laid off from a job, and I and my son was 15 months old, and I was home a lot, and so I started a blog called uh, Laid Off Dad. Uh, Very appropriate. And, um, yeah, I thought about it for a really long time. It's pretty pretty literal there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again, I didn't think much of it because at the yeah, time sure. I just figured, you know what, I'm laid off. I love to write. I love being a father. These are my two favorite things. How can we mix them up and do something that – uh, combines those two and feeds my soul and gets me yeah. through, you know, like I'm whistling past the graveyard because I'm also a new father without a job. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that was uh, back in uh, 2000, uh, 2003 was when I started my blog. It was, and a lot of moms were doing that at about the same time. Yeah, um, very was, early And then time. like three of us dudes were doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, and I knew them all, you know, we, we did meet up, we did interact and exchange emails and meet up a couple of times. Actually, I was in New York and, um, my friend Brian was out in, uh, at a, an army base in uh, New Jersey. His wife was actually a commissioned officer and he was stay at home fathering. Oh, wow. um, again, a story that I would, you know, I, I had zero, um, contact with or appreciation of, you know, I grew up in a suburb of New York. And everybody's dad went to the city to go work, you know, and it was mm-hmm. a very homogenous, you know, existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and that's when I started making friends among the moms who were writing. And then this conference called Blog Her came along in 2005. And I saw all of these women whom I had been reading and whose company I really, I really wanted to meet them. And I saw they were all meeting each other. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went in it 2006. Sucks being the minority, doesn't it? I, I can be uh, cool well, too, I mean, guys. I got to say, there's any man who you know enjoys the hegemony that that men enjoy. 
should, <laughs> you know, and you, we could all discuss whether it's earned, and the answer is no. But um, <laughs> always is. Uh, if you, I mean, I do like the fact that I've I've raised my kids. I've been in a lot of situations where straight white men are the minority in a situation. Yeah. 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 Um, one being parent blogging. Um, and two, I mean, when I, uh, for a while we lived in a, in a neighborhood in New York uh, called Inwood, which is at the very northernmost tip of Manhattan and it's largely Dominican. Um, so, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's a real, it's a good perspective to recognize that most of the people around you don't look like you have a different culture. Sure. Um, and what that feels like for someone in a, in a, in a traditional minority sense, you know, you, you really get a sense of how it feels to, mm -hmm. uh, to to be to, to feel as though you're in the margins in a way yeah. as yeah. two stay at home work from home dads you know michael and i definitely get that piece of the puzzle to some extent not not calling the whole minority thing but just from where you were as the stay at home dad i mean it's a it's an interesting space to occupy yeah and it was i used to really love even the more so probably because, when you did it well yeah i mean there was mostly moms and nannies uh, in the playground who didn't know what to make of me um, and of course, you know, um, if you see a dad hanging around the playground, you're going to get questioned. You yeah, know? Sure, I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> rightly so, because unfortunately there is a history of, of, yep. of, you know, Jethro Tull fans out there, Yep. you know, eyeing little girls with bad intent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you for put, yeah, put, putting that quote that up there. That is a classic rock that. reference. Ask your yes. parents. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, the thing is, you know, a number of times I would be at the playground and I would be asked, excuse me, do you have a child here? And I'd say yes. Um, so, but the whole point was I just started blogging and then I went to blog her and met a lot of moms and got along with them really well. Some of them were in New York so I could hang out with them more regularly. Our kids were the same age. Uh, and then uh, Mom2 Summit came along in 2009. Um, and, uh, then a couple of years later, as dads became a larger part of the discussion, uh, there were conferences that were kind of changing their names to, to parent instead of mom, but they still stayed very, you know, mom centric. And so sure. when the time came for us to figure out something, I mean, my partner is John Pacini, who's married to Carrie Pacini, who is partners with Laura Mays. And so Carrie and Laura had done mom 2.0. And so they kind of shotgun married. Uh, John and me, because Laura knew me and and Carrie knew her husband. And so uh, we came together and said, let's make something with the word dad in the title. Let's just kind of reference that there are things that are specific to dads that deserve the forefront of a conversation. Yeah. Very cool. And um, so, yeah. And so to make a, a short story long, I mean, the, the bottom line is there was a, at the third mom 2.0 in New Orleans at the Ritz Carlton, um, there was a ballroom that was just, there was a meeting room that was just dads. It was the, it was the dad ballroom and everything in that, <laughs> everything throughout. <laughs> are we, are we talking testicles now? Is that? Yeah. Too? Sorry. I, I think, just, there, it, it was too, it was, <laughs> yep. It was too the dad ballroom. Ball. <laughs> Indeed. That was a softball. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Screwball comedy. Um, and uh, this is enough to make people go uh, ballistic at this point. <laughs> more. It keeps going. <laughs> more, Daddy, more. More. Yeah, well, I, at the point, I mean, now my sons are teenagers, and at this point they've both committed a harakiri and are, you know, underneath the sink with uh, – with, <laughs> never mind. Exactly. Anyway, um, <laughs> I saw where that was going, and I figured I would just hop off that train. Uh, well done. Uh, but anyway, so the, and the dad content at mom 2.0 was standing room only. It was just, it was a novelty. And 
we talked about specific challenges involving fathers, including something like we have to now learn more about balancing our family lives and our work lives. Um, uh, and in fact, we're, we have a, we now have a, we have a panel coming up this year about work, work balance. It's work life is one thing, but there's also, how do you balance the work you need to clothe and, and, um, ensure and feed your children, yeah. uh, and the work that feeds your soul and you want to, you know, the creative stuff that you want to do. What that's else? a what super I- interesting topic. <clears throat> Yeah, that's yeah. Topic. So we're doing that, and uh, we'll be talking about that in DC. And um, and so anyway, we have standing room only. So we announced in 2012 the first Dad 2.0. What happened uh, in March of 2012? And now here we are, nine years in. What? How? How? How do you think that content and the dialogue has has grown and advanced? Um, and just evolved over the nine years. Um, take take us on that arc. Um, well, I think one thing is, I mean, our first, one of our first goals was the whole idea of how men are portrayed on, in, on ads, um, on television, movies. There were kind of this, this doofus dad thing. Yeah. And yeah. that's a powerful edge. message to promulgate. You know, I mean, people sure. mimic what they see. Sure. And there are enough social barriers. You know, a lot of little boys don't even see a male teacher until they get to high school. Yeah, sure. So and then the ones you do, you hold on a different standard. Like, I was thinking about this the other day i something popped up on facebook from a substitute teacher that i had i went to a smaller catholic private school kindergarten through 12th grade and this substitute teacher slash teacher was recognized at our high school and i have like the fondest memories of when he would substitute for us and be in there because it was like he was like the one male teacher in our school ever (laughs) you know right it's so it's funny where you hold where you hold that regard i guess well, and I think, you know, if you grow up and if you're small and you see that it's a, the uh, the women are teaching us and nurturing us and keeping us in line and performing the role that a teacher does, and you don't see any men doing that, then it's easy to kind of come to the conclusion that all the responsible stuff is for that side of the species mm-hmm. and we sure. boys can just be boys, Sure, which of course is crap. And uh, so, you know, uh, the way we were perceived on TV and, and things was a, was a big topic back in 2012. And we talked a lot about that, about uh, a type of dad who's kind of disinterested or in, in uh, incompetent and incurious. And, uh, and that you don't see that much anymore. You see fathers have over the years have evolved into really complex people. Yeah. Very true. Um, as you see on, this is us and parenthood and, mm-hmm. um, in fact, Jason Kadams, who is the showrunner or was a showrunner for Parenthood, was a guest who was our, our opening keynoter one year. Uh, and that was the year we were in New Orleans during uh, Super Bowl weekend. And the nice. Dad to Summit hashtag uh, outtrended the Super Bowl. What? Wow. While he was on our stage. Yeah. Now, it was Saturday, so it wasn't like the actual day of the game. But during that Super Bowl weekend, Dad 2.0, Dad to Summit outtrended Super Bowl. That's Because crazy. Jason Kadams was on talking about how he came up with dialogue complex empathetic dialogue for men that he wanted to portray congratulations on that stat that was cool yeah i like yeah, to throw that in cool. whenever i can yeah. uh, <laughs> i made t-shirts and i, I tweeted yeah daily. exactly and then we figured okay the next year we were gonna we figure okay we've conquered the nfl let's go mess with the oscars <laughs> that's right <laughs> and uh i think the um you know that's evolved in, to the point now where not only do you not see as many uh you know, these are these dopey dads on TV and in ads as well. But when we do, we can have a sense of humor about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. No, that wasn't always the case. You know, we had to be like kind of, Hey, that's not cool. But now it's like, you know what? You're an idiot. (laughs) If you're, if you're going to do it, if you're going to present a father that way, and most people know better than to do that. They know that the art, you know, art is reflecting the culture a bit more. And dads are just, I mean, sure, they're going to find in, in standard network sitcoms are still pretty shallow and one-dimensional, but they're getting better. I, I perceive it now as a character trait of the storyline, not a gender trait um, of trying to yeah. make a, yeah, it's it's become a more pigeonholed in the way it should be, quite frankly. Um, and there's more criminally stupid women, which I think is important. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. The, the, t- <laughs> the tides are somewhat balancing. So right. uh, we do not have, we do not have the market cornered on criminal stupidity. Yes, do that's you, good. With it, within yeah. that space though, Doug, do you feel like, the not not just the dads being you know stupid or unengaged and i know that's not the exact words that you just used but kind of in that in that light the commercials that have a dad you know like giving their kid a zerbert and playing with them and it's like be a dad today hang out with your kid like that those almost bug me as much as the other side of it like what you were saying where it's just like to be a dad, it just means you have to make your kid laugh and play with them. Like I, that, that chaps my ass too. Well, I think it's, it's easy to feel that way. I actually, I'll, I give that a wide berth because again, that's, you're, they're talking to people whose experience is different from, from ours. You know, I mean, my father was around and he was engaged and he loved me more than anything and told me so. And when I was in scouts, he joined the leadership uh, group of the scout troop and when he, when I played little league, he was an assistant coach. You know, I mean, I'm, I feel very lucky. In fact, be, when you think about a lot of our, a lot of the dads who come to dad 2.0 or are just committed to being as an engaged a father, uh, as they can be. Um, we actually had a really great panel about this in, in new Orleans about, um, about parenting it forward. Because when you see a father having a good time, being a good father to his kids, you think, wow, he must've had a great experience. He must have had a great dad to learn from. And actually, more often than not, the opposite is true. Yeah. There are people who are committed to giving their children the experience with their father that we are that they themselves never had or, you know, trying to address the flaws in their own relationships. And and I so, wasn't even meaning that in a critical way as much. I just – No, no. I get that. I, I think it's interesting the – you don't see commercials telling moms how to be a good mom. You know, and 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 and, and that's problematic in its own self too. It, you know, because it, it's it, not they assume that every woman wants to be a mom and every mom loves it right away, and that's not true either. Correct. And you know, in all fairness, we as men a lot of times have done a good job of shooting ourselves in the foot with things, but we you get to the whole societal guns mostly. <laughs> yes, that's true. You, you yeah, real guns. You get to the whole societal piece of it there you too, know, and spears. it's like that that was the nature of what you did. So I mean, we have there's a lot of very complex. Um, pieces to that whole puzzle it's, of what make same, it where it is. It's the same example of the the sitcoms. I mean, it's 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 awareness, and everybody's still not there yet. There's I know those commercials sincerely bother you as a person. Like I know they do, but like it's just it doesn't for most people. And it's and because we're not there yet as a gender or a society, and then we'll get to the point where just like we do in the sitcoms, it's comical. It's reached well, the but, point of laughing base, um, more so the three than of awareness us, base. The right. three of us dads sitting here having this conversation tonight also don't fit the standard mold of a, of a dad. Not that no, other dads don't love their kids as much as we do, but we, we 
work from home. We live in these space where we talk about it. So it's a different, it's a different standard for us sure. than it is Agreed. for other people to begin with. Yep. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, for some men, you know, sometimes, you know, reassurance is, is, is it's something that basic that they need, you know, hang out yes. with your kids because there are yeah. people, there are dads. And I, you know, I comb through the news all the time looking for news about fathers. And there are so many workshops all over the country, mm-hmm. everywhere in churches, um, the, the police stations run them, Kiwanis clubs run them, nonprofits run them in turning about how to be a dad when you have no, no father of your own mm-hmm. as an example to build off mm-hmm. of, you know, you have to construct your fatherhood from the ground up. That is a very common problem. Uh, it's, and it's a, it's a common practice that, that dads are afraid of failing at. And, yeah. um, so yeah, I have no problem with that at all. Any level of encouragement, any level of reassurance, any level of effort whatsoever to make another dad better than he thought he could be. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fine with. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, you're, you're, you're spot on with that. A hundred percent. So Doug, take us, take us to the future. Where's this, uh, where's the dad dialogue? Where do you foresee it? Um, um, well, okay. I, uh, yeah, there's, there's an end of a sentence there. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wait for it. <laughs> yeah. Wait <laughs> for it. I'm miles away now thinking of Barbados. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you talked about earlier, you mentioned earlier about how the conversations evolved. And one of the things about dad 2.0 that I think is important is that it's, it works as a compliment to mom 2.0 and it works as a compliment to two very important, uh, uh, efforts that are working to kind of overturn these gender stereotypes. And um, the, the glib phrase is, if you want to take women seriously as they take care of business, you have to take men seriously as they take care of kids. And Oh, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, with the idea that, you know, moms and mom 2.0 is all about entrepreneurship. It's all about building your platform, working with influencers, uh, being an influencer, working with marketers and brands, and, um, you know, establishing a spot in media, uh, owning your own business, exerting your power and your, uh, your voice. And that's fantastic. And that's exactly what needs to be done for women to be, uh, taken seriously in ownership positions, legislative mm-hmm. positions. Um, and, uh, and, and dad 2.0 is about that as well. Obviously we need to have some business model to sustain us. And that's what our sponsors are looking for sure. when they come and, and, and underwrite us when they come to our event. But at the same time, you know, we are becoming a bit more sure footed with our advocacy. I mean, right now the big story is, uh, you know, working for paid leave, paid family leave, which is not a dad thing or a mom thing. It is a, it's a family thing. Yeah. You know, and, you know, for nine years now, we as dads have been arguing to be taken more seriously, to be given greater accountability as parents. And that's good for moms, because if dads don't take some of the mantle up, then too much pressure is put on mothers Mm -hmm. who therefore have uh, an undue burden in terms of um, being responsible for how the children are raised. Uh, And that 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 builds resentment that builds up, uh, you know, gatekeeping. Um, it's a recipe for, for unrest. And so, you know, we had a discussion one year, the whole idea of like the bar for fathers is way too low. The bar, the bar for, for moms is way too high. Do you foresee a time when those bars will coincide? And there were people there who were saying, frankly, no, it's not going to happen. And 
I mean, it's trending that way. You know, yeah. I used to be a calculus teacher, so I could tell you about the limits. No and, you know, shit. Whether these are going to, you know, whether these things will ever will coincide. And I honestly don't know. I think that Delta X is going to get very narrow. I would have paid a shit I will ton work of toward in that. calculus class. What's that? <laughs> I would have paid a lot of attention if I was in your calculus class, <laughs> I feel like. So I do think that Delta is shrinking. And as long as Dad 2.0 is in business and as long as I'm at the helm of it, I'm going to work toward making that Delta as tiny as possible. Um, and that's where I think that the goal is, the whole idea of recognizing. And what's encouraging is that millennial families really don't give half a shit about who should do what when. Yeah. Um, we know the best way to get through this life, to get through parenthood and those challenges is to play to your strengths, figure out who does what best and then have that person do it. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's fun that like the generational, I completely agree with you with, with a millennial statement that like the generational is just kind of second nature. Like the, we're, and it's kind of built into the genes of it that it's kind of self-answering on the society level, not the work answer, not not the not the back end that actually takes to execute it, but the mindset from um, the generation. It's there, which is which is huge. Which it's it's awareness and mindset, right? And I think what's also interesting when you look at um, you know the macro trends that are happening now, the, the fact that millennials look like they're going to be the first generation that's worse off than their parents yeah Mm -hmm. um that our birth rate is plummeting to its lowest level in 60 70 years yeah um the so many forces right now are just working very hard against uh encouraging people to have children you know it's the Mm -hmm. it's getting harder to insure them to educate them to feed them to clothe them um to send them to college. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on there and there's, Mm -hmm. there's just too much. Um, and so I, I like to think that, uh, parents come to our conference and to mom 2.0 to overturn that, to recognize that this, this is trending poorly right now. Uh, and family leave is going to make things a lot easier. Um, and recognizing, because the other thing too, is when you take a paid leave, this is something that, again, dads are kind of more inclined to experience, and that is being stigmatized into not taking the leave to which you're um, entitled. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, uh, there is one, there's this new, the new uh, report that we wrote up, we wrote about last fall by uh, New America about all these social impediments. Never mind the availability. The availability is there. Um, but, uh, but, you know, dads are still, some men are just too, too aware that they could be socially or professionally punished if they actually do it because they're not devoted company men. Yep. And this report talked about, you know, there was one corporate culture where the guys were actually bragging about how little leave they took. Jeez. Exactly. You know, yeah. and it's just, it's, it's striking. The, it's very you, know, true. you look outside Absolutely. your own bubble, you see all kinds of crap that needs changing. Yeah. It's amazing. The cycle always, there's always, something right i mean it's there it's so cyclical that there just has to be some kind of stereotype or issue or something that exists to make the family unit a harder thing be it you know that moms shouldn't work even though there's a lot of women who really should work because they're very good at what they do and there's a lot of dads who maybe shouldn't work because they'd be a better version of being the stay at home and supporting the family in that way but it's it's like we have to like we've been talking about, you just generation generationally have to like catch up and get there. Um, 
But I want to ask you, I want to step back a little bit here, Doug, because we've mentioned uh, the summit, the conference dad 2.0 a handful of times now, but we, we haven't given you an ample opportunity to uh, kind of pitch it, explain it when it is, where it is and, and truly what it is on a larger scale. So I'd love to, I'd love for you to be able to share that with everyone right now. Certainly. Um, well, one of the things, one of the preambles to this discussion is that uh, we had a bit of a brand name change um, late last year. We kind of, um, we were the Dad 2.0 Summit. We had been that for a long time. And uh, as of last fall, we kind of changed our official name to Dad 2.0. And it seems, it's a subtle change, but it indicated a very specific shift because Dad 2.0 Summit was an annual meeting that also started keeping an editorial presence year round. Sure. And it became clear that we wanted the flexibility, A, to meet more often, and B, to recognize that we are a year round effort that also happens to have meetings. So Dad 2.0 is a mindset that has a conference, which is important because events and, and face-to-face interaction are crucial to, uh, to maintaining relationships. I mean, yeah. it frustrates the hell out of me that so many people rely on relationships that are solely based on online comments and texting and chats and so forth. And that's, you know, that sterile text, as, as, you've, as we've all read, is I think like, you know, you're using 7% of your communicative abilities. You know, there's no... <laughs> Um, you know, you're not using body language or inflection or any of that stuff. Sure. And you you were a mascot. That's a pretty low percentage. That's a low percentage. (laughs) If you got a 7% in my class, we're calling your parents in. I understand. (laughs) Exactly. Um, have you seen Junior's grades? (laughs) He got Um, a seven. Yes. That's a Van Halen reference. So again, ask your parents. Is is it really? (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. You have to quantify all these references that I, I, I don't get. Well, it's um, it's a uh, it's and the cradle will rock. It's uh, it's a David Lee Roth. You know, we're not talking about Van Hagar. Yep, yep. This is the antediluvian times when the Earth was cooling and David Lee Roth was the lead singer of Van Hagar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Your conference. We're talking about your conference. Yeah. Although, yeah, this this job I have. Yep, you got um, it. That thing you do. <laughs> Aging is fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, – so the conference itself is uh, – we're meeting February 27th, 28th, and 29th. Um, and it's in Washington, D.C. at the beautiful uh, Mandarin Oriental Hotel. Very nice. Uh, this is the first time we've actually come back to the actual, to the actual venue. But we were there in 2016. And so we're developing a trend now in terms of Trending. returning to the nation's capital during presidential election years. <laughs> oh, very true. <laughs> Which I think underscores the advocacy aspect of this. You know, we're there. We're going to be talking with legislators about the impediments to paid leave. Oh, very oh, cool. Very nice. Why it's not uh, the law of the land, you know, as it should be. So that, that that location is not happenstance. That is flagrant as can be. Oh, it's flagrant. Yeah, exactly. Good. And essentially, I mean, as I mentioned, we do deal with influencer marketers. I mean, our title sponsor for the longest time is uh, Dove Men Plus Care. And um, they actually have a similar experience to ours because they are a, a men's brand that grew out of a woman's brand. You know, they were just, they came out of Dove and oh, yeah. sure. and Dove launched a, a, a line of, of men's, um, you know, uh, grooming products. And, uh, and we grew out, we, we emerged from Eve's rib. That's the uh, <laughs> that's, is that that's the tagline? <laughs> exactly. Again, that's an old reference to the Bible. Ask your grandparents. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I got that. I picked up on that one. Yeah. I got that one, Ma. I got that one. Uh, 
12 right. years of Catholic school paid off right there. Yeah. <laughs> we are all about influencer marketing and, you know, we brand ambassadors and relationships and, and working that out. But before you create any of that that's saleable and partnerable, you need to find, you need to work on yourself and find your groove as, as a writer, uh, as a father and as a man. And so we will spend some time talking about how to build your Instagram page, how SEO has evolved over the years, how to book talent for a podcast. We are going to be having a big topic about podcasts in our professional development track. And uh, But we're also going to talk, we have a panel planned about substance abuse, about what it's like to, uh, to, kick, um, to kick alcohol. Nice. We've talked about depression. We've talked about marriage, divorce, uh, custody issues. Um, Again, perception of how we who we are on TV, situations where um, where you know sometimes men have a tough time of it. You know, I think, sure. uh, and I'm I'm very fortunate. I am divorced myself, but having the kids in my life was not an uphill battle. Um, and uh, you know, we knew that the that the co parenting would be fifty fifty from the start. In fact, my ex wife and I wrote a blog together for a while, yeah, about how to how what it was like to co parent. Very I think cool. that's super interesting that you guys did that. Um, it, it was it was vital um, at the time because I think we learned a lot about each other in the in the couple of years after we split up that really helped us become friends and uh, and work out a few things um, after after the stakes were lower and we had our divorce agreement in place. Uh, and by the way, you know, divorce agreements are fantastic, especially if you can work them out. And then like leave it in a drawer and forget about it. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. every married couple should have you know there should be a, a rule book for every couple, uh, just because <laughs> long hand contract. I mean, we have that now. I can pull it out of the drawer and say, no, it says here I'm taking the kids for Christmas. <laughs> but imagine how many fights could be obviated if if every married couple had a little agreement that said, I'm sorry, no. Paragraph six says you, you you're taking the this. garbage out. <laughs> yes, exactly. It says your mom is only allowed to visit on days that end in E and I'm sorry, See? but there, none of those exist. <laughs> and that would be a coup. If you can get, I mean, don't, don't marry someone that, that, uh, <laughs> that obtuse that doesn't get that, <laughs> you know, you got to find your mate who challenges you and says, yeah, get that horse shit out of my face. Uh, He's such a long you contract. Honest. <laughs> yes, it is. Now so on page eight. four billion and nine, it says here. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Nobody's yes, gonna read if, that shit. Yes. They're just gonna sign it. <laughs> on the discovery of the ninth dirty sock. Exactly right. I have the right to the following the rider of punishments. Exactly right. Um so but yeah, we talk about the the experience of being a father and being a man, and I think we all agree being masculine or be, being a man in any form is as challenging as it's ever been. Sure. And and there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, why, for example, you know, nine out of 10 prisoners are men, um, why, you know, four out of five suicide victims are men. Uh, there's a certain level of, of socialization that our culture uh, undervalues um, and doesn't talk about all that much just because men have been in charge of everything for so long. And And this is a conversation I have with my sons all the time because they feel as though um, they're going to spend a lot of time paying for the sins of their fathers and, you know, their forefathers, um, in right. terms of your, Doug, your kids are, um, how old are your kids? 17 and 14. Got it. Got it. And, I, I and think, they both go to a boy's a, school. Oh, wow. I think there's uh, I think there's probably real fear and hopefully raising awareness that, uh, 
that 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 can be a thing for them. Um, well, and I think you know one of the most um, amazing stories I read about. I mean, we're um, there are lots of books out there about angry white men. You know, sure. um, <laughs> in fact, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live uh, referred to. Uh, um, just this past weekend, talked about the Oscars, you know, the all the uh, Oscar-nominated films, and about they're all mm-hmm. about white male rage. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, you know, the Joker, white male rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I read. Um, well, there's. I was listening to a Fresh Air story about a guy who used to work at Cambridge Analytica, and and how at the time the the tools they were building were meant to recognize extremism in men. Um, and kind of head that off at the past, like, you know, recognize people who were potential troublemakers or were susceptible to, um, to, uh, rumor mongering, fear mongering, conspiracy theories and that kind of thing, and then try to help them. But then Steve Bannon came in and said, well, we can also use that to find people and <laughs> just throw gas on the fire. Sure. What are you sure. talking about, Doug? Hey, yes, we need to find happen. people who are susceptible to our, to, our, to our bullshit, and then we're going to feed them all the bullshit we can, <laughs> we can And that's why it's been and such so, a fun three years. <laughs> yeah, but he came in. Uh, and so this guy said that Steve Bannon came in and said, never underestimate the power of a humiliated man. And uh, I think a lot of men right now are, I mean, we all know if you act antisocially, a lot of the time it's out of fear. It's out of, you know, feeling cornered. It's out of feeling, um, and I'm, this is not to excuse any of the sociopathic antisocial behavior that many of them have exhibited. But the fact is, there, there's got to be more to life than just incarcerating people who do that. There's got to be some way to to confront what's causing all this and well, recognize that you know, men need to be socialized better to acknowledge their flaws, acknowledge their vulnerabilities, find community and others who feel the same issue and use community to offset that and recognize we help each other navigate this crap together as opposed to feeling, you know, isolated from the world and needing to punish it somehow. And yeah. the flip side of that is is truly what you're saying. In the in the nine years of you guys having done this this summit, um you know, Michael and I are attending it this year for for our first time, and we're we're really excited about that opportunity. Um, yeah, baby, and we're ex- excited to to be a part of the podcast panel and 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 share our story. Um, but I was in 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 preparing to come. I was spending some time on uh, Twitter and other social media channels today. Oh dear, looking looking at the summit <laughs> and stuff, and the, the oh okay, good, no. not. <laughs> oh, not in the, in the, yeah, no, no, not 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 doing other things. Part. The the interaction and the camaraderie and brotherhood and is so apparent from what you guys have done in just I mean nine years is a long time, but it, in the big scheme of things, it's not that long of a period of time. The the bonds that exist, it's it's so apparent. I mean, it, you can tell how much people really enjoy and look forward to this this weekend. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, it's a space that it seems like is for a lot of people in our, in our space, bloggers, podcasters, YouTubers, whatever, but it, it, it doesn't feel that it's, um, people are looking for opportunities to grow their brands and, and grow what they're doing, but it really feels like it's people who are checking in because 
they understand and appreciate the opportunity to grow as men, to grow as dads and to build that brotherhood. And that is really, I mean, true, true credit and kudos to you guys for facilitating that. And, um, I'm speaking for Mike and I both, but we're really excited to, to, to join that club, to be a part of it. Um, I think that's going to be really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, and that's why I really, I'm looking forward to your perspective as well, because I do think you present yourselves as very professional. Um, and I well, think, thank you. Doug, that's well, the first that's the time point. we've heard it. <laughs> actually, Again, I, I actually, know we're going to, a- we're going to sound clip this and use it for promotional shit. And we're going to use that <laughs> sentence over and over and over. Let him finish well, you can complimenting just cut us. together out of anything I've said, you know, this <laughs> is a good podcast. <laughs> um, they are great. <laughs> I'm Ron Bergen. <laughs> <laughs> Professional. Um, and I think, uh, but the fact is, uh, there's inspiration there. I think, I mean, there's, there's there's many facets to creating a podcast that has, you know, that has room to grow and and has staying power. And that's, it's perseverance and it's commitment to professionalism. Um, and it's also just maintaining the joy in what you're doing and, and, and using the opportunity to grow, to, to learn from people, to talk to people you would never have talked to before. Uh, and, and anybody who does that to help bring more, to help share more voices in a direct way, you know, I mean, we can't rely on these third party platforms anymore. And I'm, I'm not down on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and all that. I, I still think social media is a wonderful thing. I think it's, it's how we find our community. Yeah. Um, I just think the, the bottom line is it's, it's, we've seen how it can be used in a more nefarious way as well. And we have to acknowledge that. But social media is a tool like anything else. I mean, you can build a house with a hammer or you can destroy a house with a hammer. So that doesn't yep. mean we shouldn't have hammers anymore. Yep, you got it. Just it just means we should learn how to use it right and for whatever purposes we can and um, and recognize that it still has – just because it has the power to destroy doesn't mean it also doesn't have the power to build and, and create. And so many great stories have come from people who've used – the internet to meet up and create things that would never have happened otherwise. So I'm still a fan. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the, we're, we are really excited to be at, at the summit with you guys this year to hear other people's stories, to see how they're sharing their stories and to kind of continue this conversation that we've just had as far as where it's, where that storytelling space is going and how to continue to grow it and grow it the right way. Um, so in in that light, um, Doug, will you tell everyone um, best way to find out any more information about the conference, best way to sign up for it, and then the dates again? Sure. Uh, well, the uh, the main website is just dad2.com, the n- dad, the number two, dot com. Uh, and from there, you'll see Mark's, you'll see uh, our navigation bar will take you to our blog, uh, which has our Fatherhood on Friday newsletter in it. We also publish on Medium. So you can follow us on Medium at Dad2Summit. Uh, and um, you can, you'll find the links to our podcast, which is available on uh, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and a bunch of other places. And also, you can just download it directly from, from our site. Uh our Twitter feed is Dad2Summit. Uh, our Instagram feed is Dad2Summit. Um, Facebook is Dad2Summit. And uh, the dates, yeah. Who the, who the hell and, bought yeah. Dad2.com? How, the, how long ago did that happen? 
That is the genius of uh, John Pacini, my partner. He's oh, had that man. in the chamber for a while. And yeah, we have Dad 2. Impressive. Well done. Impressive. Um, yeah. So, uh, and Dad 2 Summit is, is uh, you can find everything you need. In fact, you can also subscribe to, uh, to the newsletter and that'll get delivered right to your inbox every Friday. You guys definitely make it easy for people to get to it. And your website is, um, it's it, it it's something that I stumbled across it, um, which is how we got in touch. And it just is an exciting landing page. It's a great spot. It makes you, you know, very much want to be a part of this community as a dad. Um, and you guys have even gone one step further in making it easier. Uh, you all very generously have given our listeners the opportunity to get tickets to come to the conference uh, at 20% off using the code WAKE20. So um, all you Wake Dead Drink Repeat fans out there, make sure you guys sign up and join us there. We're, we are really looking forward uh, to being up there, up being in D.C. at the end of February with you guys. You know, it's funny, too, because I mentioned to my son that I was going to be on this podcast, and he said, well, it's a good thing it's not wake, drink, dad, repeat. <laughs> now, the, the, the order the order absolutely matters. That, that, was a, that was a cognitive absolutely. decision. You Just know, like drink, you're repeat, not two dads, yeah, you're your dad, wake. too. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's those are very important. The the, the verb order is is really crucial there. It all matters. I love it. Well, as always, uh, <laughs> like like we do with our episodes for our listeners, um, every bit of uh, contact of information, uh, show information, blog information, your podcast information, um, and our discount code that you've gracious, graciously accepted for our listeners, uh, we'll have it in our show notes and uh, on our episode page as well. Great. Doug French, sir, we have reached the time of our episode for our rapid fire questions. Are you, uh, are you ready and willing to uh, participate in our rapid fire question uh, certainly yeah let her rip i love it uh first question uh your drink of choice oh um well it's winter time so i do enjoy some neat bourbon mm, good um currently um the uh four roses uh single barrel is among my favorites that's uh, a Johnny good one Drum. very nice um yeah and i'm also i like when i want a little bite to it i'll take some bookers bookers is, is, is higher yeah. proof a little hot a little um, hot yeah, I like a little. Every once in a while, I'll take a little, little woof. Well, we are uh, Michael and I are looking forward to sharing a bourbon with you at the end of February. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll that'll probably happen. I have to now. I'll have to. I'll wake Dude. first. Yes, and yes. I'll dad. See, yeah, wake dad. Run conference. Drink. Repeat. There See you go. <laughs> All right. Next question. Biggest lesson you've learned as a dad? No oh, cripes. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest one I've learned, I think, and maybe this is just age in general, but I, I'm an oldest child. And so I kind of grew up feeling as though I had to fix everything and please everybody. Um, you know, I had, I was on the oldest of three kids. And so I, I kind of had this de facto sense of kind of mediating between my parents and my younger brother, um, who was very different from me. And so I kind of, uh, everything struck me as like a problem to fix and, you know, which is why I love puzzles so much. I will, I mean, when I have to turn my brain off, I'll do, you know, Sudoku or an acrostic puzzle, uh, or read, you know, a mystery novel just because there's a, or, or teach math, you know, cause that's math at least has <laughs> rudimentary high school yeah. math has yeah. X equals three. You have yeah. a solution, you know? Yeah. So I think the biggest lesson I learned was to recognize that some things are not solvable. Some things are not for me to solve. You know, some things, you know, that's, that's a whole part of like letting your kids fail and recognizing yeah. that they need to pick themselves up and recognize that the only way you get good at anything is if you screw it up a lot. 
So I've, as I've matured as a person, I think the biggest growth arc, I feel is just kind of, kind of recognizing that it's, you know, coloring outside the lines is actually beneficial in many ways. And, um, when someone, um, you know, goes through something and I'm learning this as well, cause my son is 18 and now I'm, I'm making it clear to him that the days of unsolicited advice are over. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're on your own. Yep. Granted, I'm here. You ask me a question, I will answer it, but you will not yeah. have proactive advice from me. And I told him that. And he was like, oh, crap. That's funny. <laughs> so, Shit just got real bad. Hope, <laughs> no, but I hope it's, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's a way I hope of just saying, you know, the, the way to, the perfect way to push somebody away is to get all up in their business all the time. Yeah. yeah well said. That's uh, a good answer. Uh, that's a great answer. Um, next question. Most annoying song, show, or movie that uh, you've had to listen to a thousand times over? Oh, well, you know what? I lucked out on that. I have to say, my kids, you know, you sort, you know, you have a lot of kids who are like, a lot of parents right now who have listened to Let It Go a billion times. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our last know, interview. Date, uh, that was the answer, actually. Right. No, but I date back a little further. Um, I think the most repetitive, annoying thing, I mean, we had, I really, listening to Elmo talk made me want to jump off a bridge. Just, just the, I get that. The, I get the that. frequency alone was, uh, yeah, exactly. It's too. meant to kind of like, you should do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shut up. It's Shut gotta up. be something to keep stray dogs away from your <laughs> crops or something. <laughs> um, and also, uh, there was uh, Bob, the builder was, uh, getting oh, that was big. Yeah. Got it. back in the day, but I've, I've been pretty lucky. And now, I mean, my older son, he was really into, uh, into like 40s and 50s swing music for a while. Oh man, that was lucked the, out. Well, because it was like it was. Uh, he played Fallout, which is a video game about the post post apocalyptic United States. All right, <laughs> an alternate universe where the the you know the apocalypse happened like right at the 40s or 50s. So the last music anybody ever had was uh, <laughs> you know was, was that's pretty funny. You know, yeah, that's and so funny. they would. They, it's an interesting ironic counterposition of people walking through this, you know, radiated hellscape, um, you know, scavenging for whatever and having some kind of joyful Bing Crosby tune, hey there, you know, scatting in the background. So, so, but now he's anyway. in the Creedence Clearwater and the Stones, and so he's, he's That's good. That's, he's a, found that's his appropriate way. age music, yeah. Yes. Yep. All right, next question. Favorite thing to do with your kids? Oh, easy. Uh, um, watch comedy. Nice. Um we, um, you know, Netflix is a fantastic thing. Yes. Uh, watching, you know, I don't know about this. I, anybody who has to, this is, this is a open source idea, I think, but someone should create the definitive book for dads about when to show your kids, sons maybe, but daughters too, um, classic comedy films. Yeah. And when it's, when it's age appropriate, like you kind of, you got to hold off on porkies. <laughs> you got to hold off on, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, Stripes has got you know a few things hither and yon that you could probably do without when they're young. Yeah, there could be a whole uh, there could be a whole the, list. The Quentin Tarantino films are the ones that I that really raise a lot of question for me. Well, yeah, because Pulp Fiction is so. an important movie. Yeah, for everyone to see. And we talk about that. We talk about we we deconstruct them. We talk about the screenwriting. We talk about you know um, wide angle shots. We talk about <laughs> how how these how scenes are structured. Um, we talk, you know, we we scour for behind the scenes discussion. 
about great. how this was done and who almost got this role and and why this was fun. rewritten. All right, we so, have a ball with that. So, yeah. so, so our favorite they, thing is to can, watch comedy. and you, They have the same kind of affinity of like old, y- your classic movies, like they get just as much of a punch out of it. Or do they, um, or do they say dad's so. just doing it again? No, it's getting better. I mean, I just love the idea of rewatching these things through their eyes, rediscovering oh, sure. it through them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we have Friday night movie night whenever they're here, which is very often. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, we'll get we'll get burgers, and it's 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 French Friday. We love have it. we've been celebrating French Friday. My last name is French. Love it. And every Friday we go out for French fries. Love it. That's great. Uh, and so we have French Friday and watch movies. And that's been going on since the kids were in grammar school. I mean, I think back to watching the old Steve Martin movies with my dad. Oh when yeah, I was young and like I mean, I, my dad like with tears in his eyes, laughing so hard, and like <laughs> I appreciate the jerk in those movies as much as he does now because. But half of it's because I remember doing it with my dad. You know, like that's, it just yeah. You remember they remember the weird stuff. You know, watching the man with two brains. Yes, um, <laughs> all of me. Yeah. Uh, and that whole genre of Carl Reiner films that just, you know, and then and Mel Brooks movies and oh, just yeah. zany stuff. I mean, the more absurd and zany, the better. We're big Monty Python fans. Yes. Um, we are big. Um, what's the last thing we saw? Oh, and we're, we they love uh, Fletch. Great movie. Um, Great movie. Yeah. And that's also a movie that's much more age appropriate for younger people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, there's some jokes they'll never get. Um, <laughs> sure. But that's the thing, too. That it, it's, it, They engender conversations because if someone makes a joke about either something that's over their head or, or is too dated, um, you can say, they can say, what is that reference to? And you can talk to them about it. And if, they're, if you're lucky, they're inquisitive and appreciative that you're able to kind of yeah. clue them in. Yeah. Well on, said. On that sort of thing. Well said. All right. Uh, next question. Favorite band? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I'm in uh, – I just was putting together a mix uh, – a Spotify list for um, – I belong to a bowling league. And so we have guest DJs every week. And I was a DJ two Mondays ago. And I a lot of the stuff that I put on there was like 70s funk and 70s um, – yeah. I'm in that very – that real vibe right now. Yeah. You know, I and so you know my favorite channel on Sirius XM is uh, the Studio Fifty Four channel. Cool. Um, and um, but yeah, growing up, my favorite bands were. I, I mean, I'm a New Jersey kid, so I I was big into Springsteen. I was in REM and U two and um, and uh, and Billy Joel was was enormous for me. Nice. Uh, the Cars. Nice. But uh, yeah, lately I've been going back. I mean, 70s on 7 is a great channel to listen to. So you can listen to Gordon Lightfoot and uh, um, Eric Carmen and, you know, and basically the the, Galax- the Gardens of the Galaxy soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, it's nice to see all that music coming back so you can hear, you know, come and get your love and have a bunch of 15 year olds be super psyched. Wow, Sing what a great song. Yeah. yeah. That, it came out 40 years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Next question. Best part of being a dad. Oh, um, how it makes me feel as a person. Yeah. Um, I think it, it just, the, 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 something toggles in your mind when your child arrives, you just, it's like they say, you know, being a father or being a parent is like walking around with your heart beating outside your chest. And, um, yeah. my, my ex-wife, when we met, she, soon after we got married, she looked at me and said, you know, when I first met you, you were clearly a family guy without the family. Hmm. So 
when my kids arrived, when my older son arrived and that had finally happened, you know, I mean, you, you set goals for your life and some of them come true and some of them don't. But the goal of being a dad was never not at the top. Yeah. And so when that happened, um, I kind of had a sense that whatever the hell else life threw at me, I mean, didn't matter, which of course is kind of quixotic and delusional at the time. But at the time it's, I felt bulletproof. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. at the same time as feeling as vulnerable as I'd ever been just sure, because sure. I had another life to take sure. care of. It's a, it's a hell of a paradox. But, but your North star was uh, created and, uh, the, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the, the idea of, uh, and the fact that I have boys, I mean, uh, I love that girl dad was trending yeah. all over the world because of Kobe. Yeah. And, um, and that's marvelous. I don't have girls of my own. I know, you know, dads who do and love it, especially, you know, that's another thing we're very happy to get rid of the whole, like, you know, dad toting a shotgun saying, stay away from my daughters. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know, that's, let's instead say, let's empower our daughters to make their own decisions. I mean, yeah, you want to protect them, but you want to empower them too. Sure. Yep. yep. So, um, yeah, I think just, uh, being able to, um, and especially now, I'm so lucky because my boys are now teenagers and they've just grown into such lovely people. I just, I enjoy their company so much. And that's, I feel very lucky that that's the case that I can tell you, that's a win. I can tell them, I mean, I have to love them. It's in my contract, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have to like them, <laughs> yeah. but I do. <laughs> well, and I can tell them I like them and mean it. And that's, that is a joy that you can't replace. Page 17,000 states, I don't <laughs> have to like you. All right, yes, next, of course. I have to love you, God next, damn it. Next question. <laughs> what trait of your own do you hope your kids inherit or model from you? Well, I think it's obviously an august sense of erudition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, frighteningly chiseled handsomeness. Uh, you know, um, uh, glutes that are mad thick. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with uh, with with the slanger, you know. I'm trying to keep up with what the what the what the lingy. Keep with the, up with what the, the kids are the doing kids these days. Exactly, You're talking Mad about chunky, with two C's. chunky man butts. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everything is epic right now. Everything, <laughs> Everything you know, is epic. Sli- in the same way, awesome became awesome. Epic is now epic. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I think what I've grown to be, and I know. I mean, my father was very different than I am. I mean, I'm very much, uh, I always thought I was much more like my mom who was, who was a lot more social and a lot more, um, animated as as a, as a conversation partner. And my father's a bit, a bit more introverted, but he's the sweetest man who ever lived. And, um, when I, when I realized that about him and it took me a while to do that, to realize that he was the sweetest man who ever lived, who gave everything he had to be the best dad he could be. Uh, I hope that, you know, if my kids uh, get anything from me, it's just an appreciation for who they are as people. Um, I think a lot of dads try to mold their children to be mini thems and impose their own sensibilities uh, and there's room for that, obviously, you know, you want to share the wisdom you've learned over the years, but more than anything else, you know, if you want to, you want to light a fire, you want your kid to light, to light his own fire and fan the flames as best he can. Yeah. And, you know, there's only so far that you as a father can take them, you know, I mean, all I want to, to do is maintain their enthusiasm, 
try to be, you know, try to lay off the whole jaded act and recognize that, you know, I, I, I do think most of the time I'm able to find joy in the world and I, I kind of want to make them keep a level of optimism to recognize that yes, sometimes there's a just piles and piles and piles of shit that life throws your way. But if you find the right people in your world to help navigate it, it's all going to be okay. You got it. It will. I mean, that is, that's the end, the end goal, the end game. But, um, and along those lines, I'm going to be super corny in our, in our finish here, but we are excited for finding the right people in our lives, Doug, and are really looking forward to meeting you in person in, uh, in DC here in a couple weeks. And Doug, man, you're a treat to listen to and talk to, man. You really are. Thank you. I'm, and thank you for rehearsing those lines. And I think we, I think we gave them off. They made them, they had an authenticity to them. I think we, people actually thought we meant that. So you, that's really you great. made me practice that 20 times before the show. So, um, I hope I pulled it off with sincerity. The shock therapy, the shock aversion therapy worked really well, I think. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it definitely did. No, in all sincerity, Doug, thank you for, um, for what you you're, are doing and have done for this, for the, for the dad community and, and truly for the family community. Um, you guys are, are making a difference. Um, and we're, we're very grateful for that and excited to, to dip our toes in and, and be a part of it however we can as well. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are coming too. I'm really looking forward to meet you guys. I'm very happy that you're you're doing this podcast. I think you do. I think you're doing a great job, and uh, you you're serving an important role. You know, I think you're um, you guys are the are the gateway to the next generation of dads who will look at stay at home fathers as a normal thing. You know, I often think, you know, you think about America being the most you know the, the shining city on a hill with a representative democracy, and it's like, yeah, we've only had a full democracy. I mean, we're, women haven't been able to vote for, you know, for <laughs> yeah. a, a hundred years this yeah. year, you yeah. know, and, and that's just white people, you know, yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. had a representative, yeah. Yeah. we've had a full representative democracy for about an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's true. But we're building up generations where, you know, our kids won't think much of seeing a gay couple walk down the street and yep. they won't think much of, of, of dads taking care of kids. And, you know, we're, we're here for we're here for the long game. Yeah. And um I love to see how the next generation is building on what we tried to do and take it forward to see where it can go. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. All right, Doug. Well, thank you again, man. And uh we uh we appreciate your time. See you in DC, baby. Thanks, we'll Doug. See appreciate you. There. You, <laughs> All right, man. For a dude that's been in the dad space for so long, it's a pretty solid conversation to uh, hear where it's been, hear where it's at, and uh, hear where it's perceived to be going. Um, I, I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I thought his um, – we've talked about this before with our guest today's dad definitions, but – you know, he's again somebody who's got older kids than than you and I, so has lived a lot more in the dad space life than us. But just that repetitive drum beating of just keep showing up. You always gotta be there through the through the highs, through the lows, through the tragedies, through the wins, through whatever it is. Like Yeah, man, that that's what resonated with me. Just the just the 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 time spent um ne- needs to happen no matter what, no matter what stage of life, no matter where any dad is at or where the kid is at, um you got be there that's what i took away from it which is yeah uh, which is pretty solid and i think you see that across the board in his businesses from his blogs to dad 2.0 and everything else that he's been involved in it's just it's you know putting the work in it's consistently being there 
um, which is a good lesson for all of us to to take away. You got to yeah. just got to be present. You got to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more. Um, as always, make sure everything we talked about, all links, all contact information, um, our discount code of WAKE20 uh, for the DAD 2.0 conference uh, will be on our show notes and our episode page. Please check it out at uh, wakedadshrinkrepeat.com. And um, everything will be there, including uh, Doug French's uh, Today's Dad video. Yep, absolutely. Um, if you guys are subscribed to our newsletter, um, we will have the um, discount code for DAD 2.0 in the newsletter, but we also have another discount code in there this week for the Covenant Ooh. Health Knoxville Marathon. Um, what are, we're sounding like effing Groupon up in I this know, biatch. It's crazy. But uh, make sure you head to our website and sign up for that newsletter if you haven't. Next week, we have the Covenant Health Knoxville Marathon director, Jason Altman, on the show nice. for a for another great another great episode of Wake Dead, Drink, Repeat. But uh, a little bit of a freebie, or not freebie, but a little bit of hookup action going on in the newsletter this week. So be sure to get on there and check it out. Absolutely. Love it. Um, Guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Please review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow our community. Be sure to get social with us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can check out our website at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com.